When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's happening, everybody? Welcome into a brand new episode of Crossed Up, the NLCS edition of Crossed Up. Anthony Sanfilippo is here. I'm Bob Wankel. Anthony, here we are, Monday morning. Game one is tonight. Phillies, Diamondbacks. Uh, not a series that I think anybody predicted. Um, it should be interesting. I have one concern I want to address right off the top here. Oh, boy. Is it? possible because this is the one thing that i've asked myself about this series you talk to everybody i just looked at the inquirer all the writers pick the phillies you're going to pick the phillies i'm going to pick the phillies we're all going to pick the phillies is it possible that the phillies slayed the dragon in the atlanta braves and they are now turning the corner into a potential letdown spot against a team that is perfect this postseason that is also playing with some october magic of its own is it possible? You know, anything's possible, Bob. But if there's anything that we've learned about this Phillies team, is they're not going to just take the foot off the pedal in, in, in October. But it's not. I mean, they didn't last year. They just ran into a better team in the World Series in Houston. Um, th- they're not going to stop. I mean, Arizona to me is – in a, in a way like San Diego a little bit last year in that, you know, Oh, who saw them kind of coming out? You know, I mean, they have more ta- potters have more talent. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, everybody assumed it was going to be the Dodgers and then all of a sudden it wasn't. And it was the Padres and the Phillies didn't let up after slaying the dragon of the Braves last year. And they won the NLCS in five games. Um, I, I think you're kind of probably looking at a, a, the same thing. And that's not to take anything away from the Diamondbacks. They're they're a they're a good story. They're going to be a team to be reckoned with for the next several years, right? I mean, they've got some good young talent there that's going to that's going to carry them um, going forward. But I, I don't know. I, I I can't see the Phillies being the team that that just suddenly says, "All right, we're we're let's get us to the we'll just get us to the World Series. We'll we'll kind of try and coast through the NLCS. It's the NLCS." NLCS, they're not going to do it. They're going to they're no, go after their place. This, uh, this is not week six of the NL, uh, you know, the NFL season where you have the the Dolphins in prime time next week and you lose to the Jets, right? Or right, you're, uh, right. You're the 49ers coming off a Super Bowl win against the Cowboys the week before and, and go out on the road and 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 lose to the Browns. So, no, I understand that this is not like a, a quintessential letdown spot, but it's it, one thing that is really strange about this series. Like, if I'm being honest with you. There is like a certain level of uh, disdain, like a certain level of disgust that you have for certain teams. Like you get you get a little amped up for the Braves because it's the Braves. The Marlins have been a thorn in this team's side for a really long time now. So there's that storyline. 
the, the Astros are super easy to hate. You, you have a lot of unlikable, in my opinion, unlikable guys on that team. You have the, the cheating scandal, a couple years removed, but still a thing. You put Mattress Mac in my face. He's easy to hate. You know, like there's a bunch of storylines there. Even going back to the Padres, you remember right before the Padres series, like you had the Machado Harper angle, but you're like, I don't really know where else I'm going with this. And then you had those dudes, uh, you know, hop on their like good day San Diego show and they did the that's what's in thing. And you're like, oh, I can run with this for days. Like, I don't there's no venom coming into this thing. I'm like, yeah, Diamondbacks. Great. Like, well, they're, does they're anybody fine. care about the Diamondbacks? I mean, that's no. the question. That's the thing. I mean, I get it. I, you know, it kind of gets you get a little sleepy saying, oh, it's the Diamondbacks. Yeah, like, if right? it's the Dodgers, like I could get amped up for that. Like, it's the Dodgers. It's the NLCS. We own the Dodgers in the NLCS. Right. Like, there's just. There is a little bit of a like I, I guess give me a couple innings tonight. Maybe I can find those angles. You know, maybe someone does something, gets into the, the crowd. Like I, I don't know, but it is like it's weird in that you're like it is the NLCS. It is a baseball game. I'm having a hard time getting that like added element of drama that like that that I like to try to pull into it. I, you're right. Like I don't know that anyone cares about the Diamondbacks, and I'm not trying to do the like we care. It means more here thing. Like we're the best fans that your fans stink. Like, uh, you know, like I know we, like we all get off to that here and like, but that doesn't need to be established. Like clearly Phillies fans are, are, are better than diamondbacks fans, but like, I just, it, it's like a hard sell. I think if you're not a Phillies fan or you're not a diamondbacks fan, like, let me put it to you this way. I wouldn't have a lot of juice for this series. I'd be like, I'd be interested in watching the Phillies. And I guess I'd be like, let's see what the upstart Diamondbacks do. But I, I don't know. And and like that's why I almost lead with this. And because the, the question really is, if you're listening to the show, what do these guys think is going to happen in this series? Like, I have to I have to tell you, I, I just don't see any scenario in which the Phillies lose this series. I, I'll like as a courtesy to Arizona, um, you know, say like Phillies in six because baseball is hard. And I don't know that the Phillies are just going to blow through them, but. I also wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Like Arizona is not good. Like they they no, played I, really well for five games this month, and other than that, they've been dreadful since the All Star break. Keep in mind that they almost missed the playoffs. I mean, if it wasn't for the Cubs utterly collapsing, I mean Arizona couldn't hit the last week of the season. Couldn't get couldn't score runs. Let me let me give you something here. Since the All Star break. The Diamondbacks are 23rd in team batting average, 27th in slug, 26th in OPS. Like, I, I, I don't know. I mean, but with that said, in the same breath, they could be Phillies-like in that you didn't expect them to get here. They got here, and then they got crazy hot. Like, that's what the 22 Phillies did. You know, to, to some degree, although when you looked at that team, you could see why or how they got there. Spent a lot of time looking at the Diamondbacks the last couple of days. Merrill Kelly's good. Zach Gallon's good. The bullpen's okay. Corbin Carroll's really good. Christian Walker's pretty good. Uh, outside of that, I don't, I don't know. Is that not the scouting report on the Diamondbacks? They yeah. run a lot. They're athletic. They catch the ball. I mean, like, that's that's good, right? But like, I don't. I, I like, I like, the kid. I, like the- I feel like, I feel like Zach Gallen, I, I feel about him the same way I do about Max Freed. Like he's really good. I see his numbers. I don't, I don't care. Like, I don't yeah. think he's that good. I just- yeah. I mean, I think it's, it is what it is. Right. And no, I mean, they got a couple other players. Like I think, you know, Gabe Moreno's actually a pretty good young catcher. 
Um, and I think he's getting better and better the more he plays. You know, Cattell Marte is a, is a solid player who can contribute in a lot of ways. Like he's got he's got a little bit of pop, you know, a little bit of on base. He can run. This is there's some there's some there's some things to like there. But I mean, look at how the Phillies are playing right now. I I, I just cannot imagine that they suddenly go ice cold against this Diamondbacks pitching staff. If you remember, Bob. You had to talk me out of picking the Diamondbacks as the most favorable first-round opponent for the Phillies. They actually were my second most favorable. You you convinced me to pick the Reds as the most favorable possible matchup. And I said, okay, fine, I'm with you on that. But the Diamondbacks were second because I just don't like I don't like them. I don't like their their makeup. I don't like their pitching. I really don't like their pitching. I mean, their bullpen doesn't throw hard at all. I think their bullpen, I read somewhere, averages uh as, as a whole, average is like 93 or 94 miles per hour on their fastballs. Like, how are you beating people with that? I mean, I know a couple guys have had a, a good little run here in October, and that's nice, and that's cute and all. But, I mean, come on, really. You we're, we were talking Kevin Ginkle is okay. But, I mean, Paul Seawald, I mean, come on, man. Like, what are you, who are you trotting out there? Like, their bullpen is no good. I, I, they don't have a... Their number three starter is a prospecty type kid, Brandon Fat, who's okay. He's a prospect, but he's nothing special. Who's their number four guy? They have no. They yeah, they they might actually go bullpen game, right? Like, in, they in don't have four. anything. Yeah. Like I, I I don't see how all of a sudden the Phillies are going to stop hitting against the Diamondbacks. Right. That's just it. I mean, and it's, this is not knocking the Diamondbacks. They're here for a reason. They're a good. They're good enough to be in the NLCS. They beat two teams that were better than them. All right. Yeah, and I mean, they went out on the road and did it too. I yeah. mean, you're, we said it five and oh, right? This postseason. Four, four of those four games on the, road. on the road. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they've only had one home game in the playoffs. Yeah. You know, and that's it. So, you know, credit to them. You know, that's that's good, that's good work by them. But I don't know. I they, they're doing they're trying to talk a good game. They're trying to talk themselves into the fact that they can come into Philadelphia and you know, oh, then we're we're gonna embrace the the red October. We're not gonna let it bother us. Okay, all right. Ask Atlanta how that worked. Ask yeah. uh, you know you know how how how's Orlando Arcia? How did he deal with deal with that? Well, you right? remember uh, the beginning of the postseason. Uh, I guess it was to Jeff Pass, and there was like a Diamondbacks player that said, uh, "We're glad, uh, we're glad that the postseason didn't start in Philadelphia for us. Yeah. Like." that we kind of can get ourselves acclimated to the postseason without dealing with that element of, of it. Yeah. I mean, what they're about to experience here this week is going to be very much unlike anything that they have seen previously. I don't know how much it matters. It, it may, but it, it may but not. It does, Bob, think about it. Think about it. They play, and this is the same thing we said about the Marlins. They play in a, they play in a place that doesn't draw, right? So they don't draw very well. Their, their ballpark, sucks right in general it's towards the bottom of the rankings everywhere you go everybody who says it that that ballpark stinks but they don't get a lot of people to go out to see them okay they're going to get people out there for for this it's again lcs of course they're going to they're going to sell tickets but then they went to milwaukee which okay milwaukee's got a decent fan base but it's it's not you know they're mid midwesterners they're they're kind of polite and everything uh then they then they went to la where yeah they the dodgers fill the stadium but it's West Coast, man. Like it's not the same thing. You're coming into you're like you're coming into the jungle to steal Nick Nick Castellanos's line. You're coming to the jungle. This is not like anything that they've ever ever ever. None of these players 
have ever experienced this. You can say you're going to embrace it all you want. Zach Gallon says, oh, I'm playing for free because I bought so many tickets for my family and friends. That's great, Zach. Just wait till you hear the other 45,000 people. <laughs> Right. I mean, that's what that's what it is. Like well, that, that is an interesting dynamic for him. Right. Like, and I guess that is a storyline. We tend to do this whole like he's from here thing and we care about that for some reason. Yeah. I don't know because he's a South Jersey guy and not a Philly guy or a, a Delco guy. Like nobody seems to care that Zach Allen went to Bishop Eustis and that he did you, did you, you know, guys play against him when you coached? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've, I saw him as a high schooler. He was very impressive, obviously. Um, yeah. I, I have to say, like, I don't like. I, I would imagine most of his friends are Phillies fans. Like most of like the people that yeah. he grew up with are Phillies fans. Like they're probably hoping for a, like a two-one Phillies win tonight. Like, hey Zach, he nothing his, against you. I he hope you his, well, but he bought his mom a ticket to the Phillies World Series last year <laughs> against the Astros. So his family's Phillies fans. Like I mean, it, it, everybody yeah. kind of is. What I mean, of course there? they're going to root for him, right? Yeah. But you know, come on. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens tonight. The, the matchup is really interesting. Certainly, you feel great about Zach Wheeler. You uh, you know that Galen is uh, – yeah, listen, I'm not trying to dismiss him. I just don't – I don't view him as like a legitimate certified killer. You know, a guy that I'm like, oh, my God, oh my goodness, like you, you, you better find a way to scratch out two runs and, and pray to God Wheeler's on his game. Like maybe that's what this is tonight. It, it could be. I just don't. I don't see the name and say, my goodness, like they're in for it tonight, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And, you know, I think that that anytime Zach Wheeler pitches in the remainder of this postseason, he's going to be he's going to have the advantage. I, I think that's how I feel about Zach Wheeler right now. Like I'm that confident in what he is. And I guess he gave up three runs last week. He gets hurt late in the seventh inning. People want to talk about that. Maybe he shouldn't have been the game, whatever. I, I just think that where he's at right now and how dialed in he is. I, I'm ultra comfortable, ultra confident with him, you know, taking the ball. That being said, I would not be shocked if this thing goes back to Arizona 1-1. Like, I don't know. Like, I don't think the Phillies are just going to get the broom out, I guess. I, I don't think they're going to stampede over them. Well, here's what and, – and here's and – and it's fine to suggest that. I, I, I'm not, I'm not going to predict five, four blowouts, right? I mean, that's not going to happen, I don't think, anyway. Um but if you had a look at every, let's imagine this is a seven game series, all seven games. The mm. Phillies have to ha go into every game as a favorite. They have to go into every game with the better pitching matchup. They go into every game with a better lineup. They go into every game with a better bullpen. Like, I, like where, where is the advantage for Arizona? You yeah. really, the Phillies, the only way the Phillies are losing this series is if they beat themselves in, in my mind. I mean, really, and, and that's not saying it can't happen. They certainly can beat themselves. We've seen them beat themselves this year. We saw them kind of beat themselves against the Braves in game two, right? I mean, so it, it does happen. But is it going to happen four times in seven games when you're that much better of a team? I, I don't I can't see it, Bob. I just can't. That's why I think this is a five game series. I don't I don't think it even comes back here. I think the Phillies win in six. I, I I'll pick the Phillies or Phillies win in five. I think the Phillies win the first two at home. Maybe Arizona gets a game at home, and and the, but the Phillies get the other two. I think it's a five game series, four one Phillies, and then we'll see where things go in the World Series. But um, yeah, I mean it's you know I'm rarely this confident, which is weird, right? I mean I'm I'm optimistic, I'm and I'm I'm always somebody who says they're better than you think, right? I've said that all year long. I did it last year too, but I've never been this confident or this optimistic 
Well, they played the Diamondbacks at home earlier this season. I think Arizona came in here and won two out of three. And I recall recording a show with you after that. And I had said, like, this Diamondbacks team is better than the Phillies because the Phillies were playing so poorly. I mean, they were just playing such bad baseball at that point. Yeah. You fast forward and you're like, you think about what the Phillies are right now, the confidence that they're playing with, the the way that, you know, guys like Bryce Harper dialed in, uh, the way that they're throwing the ball, the starting rotation, one, two, three, has just been, has been outstanding. But there are a couple elements that we need to talk about here. Like we, we sort of did this show in reverse. A lot of times it's like, here are the things that we're looking for. Here's a prediction. We kind of led with the prediction. But now let's dive into a couple specifics here. One yeah. is if you're going to win it in four or five, that means you likely are getting a good start out of that number four guy. Like we all feel great about Zach Wheeler. We all feel great about Aaron Nola and Ranger Suarez. How could you not? What are they going to do with the fourth starter? And um, I, I don't know that the the Diamondbacks in a bullpen game inspires a ton of confidence or a ton of worry if you're a Phillies fan. But you know, if you're if you're Arizona and you see Taiwan Walker or Christopher Sanchez staring at you in Game Four, I don't know how how terribly uh, intimidating that is. I guess, and I'm I'm trying to be nice. You're probably going to get Taiwan Walker. I think that's, Walker's going to be the starting. I think he's going to be the starter, and I think it's, but I don't think it's one of those. I think it's going to be a lot like the Phillies did in in Game One against the Braves. Like, it's that short a leash, maybe one time through the order, and then you might get Sanchez after that. What so do you, you get, do if? What do you do? And I guess maybe it depends if it's three zero versus two one or one two the other way. Yeah. But like, if you get that Taiwan Walker first inning where it's base hit, base hit, walk double, and it's two nothing, and there's two men on base and nobody out, and you're like, oh my god. Like you is it the later immediately? Like, is that how you play that? Maybe, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think he's going to get that long leash. Um, Maybe he gets one or two runs or that he can give up early, but that's it. I mean, I, I don't think that you're giving up. I mean, you're again, cause you're looking at a game that's a, maybe a bullpen game for Arizona. So you say, okay, our offense should be able to put up four or five runs in this game. So if Walker gives up a couple in that first inning, you're not going to say, all right, get him the hell out of there. Because we know that his track record is, you know, he's Cy Young after after the first inning, right? Um, but but yeah, I do think that there's a possibility that if he's in, a, if he gives up a couple of runs and he's got runners on base, that it's a quick hook. I do think that that's a real possibility. Yeah, I mean, I think that that's something that we're gonna have to keep our eye on later this week. And I do agree with you. I do think that it's going to be Taiwan Walker. Uh, you know, they threw what simulated games uh, here recently, and Rob Thompson said that they both looked a little bit rusty. Both. Walker and Sanchez, which I guess is to be to be expected. expected. Yeah, but um, that one does give me a little bit of pause. I do wonder what that's going to look like. But again, it's not like Arizona has enough depth that they can match up and really concern you. I suppose. I mean, who's think about who started for them in their five playoff games? Yeah, it went Kelly Gallon, Gallon, or Kelly Gallon, and then it went uh, Fat Gallon Kelly. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, that's what they did. Yeah, I mean they've, they've only used three. I mean, yeah, I mean, use three starters. Yeah, use three starters. You know, so yeah, so whoever's going to pitch game four for them hasn't hasn't pitched. Yeah, same thing. Um, so I I have two other things I kind of want to touch on here. Uh, we can actually probably keep this short because we're going to record again tomorrow. We're gonna we're gonna go game by game here through this yeah. entire week. Uh, Reese Hoskins has has been a you know big storyline here. His potential comeback. His his rehab. Um, I 
said to Destiny Lagardo, Phillies Nation, in the press box last week, you know, like, I noticed that you keep writing these Reese Hoskins stories. Like, are you getting a lot of clicks off of that? Like, what's the, like, what's the yeah. fascination with Reese Hoskins? And she's like, he's going to come back in the NLCS. And I like that. This was a week ago. And I said, oh, okay. You know, kind of like, I mean, Destiny knows her stuff. And she really, she was like, yeah, I think he's going to come back in the NLCS. So, okay, all right, cool. I kind of thought that, not that she was crazy, but like, I was like, man, really the NLCS, he's going to come back. I mean, she's kind of been on top of this for a few months now. She's like, you know, not that she was predicting that he would come back, but was writing stories as if this was really worth monitoring. And I kind of felt like, I don't know, like, I guess Phillies fans, they want to hear about Reese Hoskins, but like, we all know he's not actually going to return. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, here we are. We don't have the rosters yet. You, you, as you're listening to this show this afternoon, the rosters will probably be out. Yeah, they or, probably put. They usually put them out around noon, one o'clock. On, yeah, and on so you know, this show by the time it gets out is usually eleven or twelve in, in the afternoon. So the rosters will probably be out. But as we're having this conversation, it surely does sort of feel like Reese Hoskins might be on this NLCS roster. And I guess if he is, you know, if he's not, then he's just not ready, or they don't feel he can make a contribution yet. But if he is on the roster, what does that tell you? Like, like what is what is the takeaway from from Reese? Is this just a, an emotional lift? Is this a yeah? He could actually make a difference in this series with a key pinch hit late. Like, what what do you make of all of this? I I think it's fine, Bob. I mean, Reese Hoskins, even having not played one at bat this season, automatically upgrades that bench. Which was barely used. I mean, keep in mind. That, I mean, you look at the six games the Phillies have played in, in the postseason. Other than platooning Pache and and Marsh in left field, Sosa didn't play. Cave didn't play. Weston Wilson was was active in the first series. Didn't play. Stubbs obviously didn't play. So the the bench isn't playing. So it doesn't right. doesn't like so it's you know it's not that important to this team to have you know, quality bench in the postseason. But I agree. I would agree with that. And hold on. But if, okay, go ahead. Uh, no, I was going to say. But if you, off of that, though, is like, do you think it is more of an acknowledgement that this just doesn't truly matter, so let's get him on the roster and this will be a, a nice jolt of energy? Or do you like? Do you think he's actually showing something in these, like, simulated at-bats? He's he, Like, he's taking live at-bats. Like, are they evaluating these at-bats and saying, like, yeah, actually looks pretty good. So, like, yeah, like, let's get him up here. I mean, I guess I'm like trying to figure out, like, is there a situation where they could actually use him and he be somebody that they would expect something from? So one of the things that I think one of the things I was trying in my head, kind of putting it together. Right. So Arizona's starters are all right handed. So Marsh is going to start in left field pretty much every game. So you're, you don't you're not going to get a Pache start. Right. So maybe what you have happened then is if it gets to that Marsh spot and they bring a lefty in out of the pen, Reese Hoskins is your pinch hitter, and then Pache subs in for him defensively in left field. And you rather that than carrying Jake Cave. Yeah. And yes, you, you go without a left-handed pinch hitter, but who in your lineup that's right-handed are you pinch hitting for with the exception of maybe Johan Rojas if you're down in a game and that spot comes up and, you know, whatever. But are you... Even in that spot, I say to you, are you pinch hitting Jake Cave or Reese Hoskins if those are your two options? I don't care if it's a right-hander on the mound. Right. Who are you going to? 
you're going to reach Hoskins. So, so to me, Hoskins upgrades the, the the bench options, which you're only batting for your your two outfield potentially your two outfielders at the bottom of your lineup. I'll I'll take a I'll take a chance on on Hoskins, and, and even still, like you'd say, okay, well, I, I'd I'd rather have maybe have Sosa than Cave in that spot, too, right? Like, I mean. I'm cool with I'm cool with saying, hey Jake, thanks for your your contributions. At this point, we're gonna turn it over to our uh, our guy Reese. And not only that, it, it gives you that whole Willis Reed type effect, right? Where think about the scene. Think the about player comes back and yeah, yeah, he comes out and throws the first pitch against uh, Miami, and and everyone's like, wow, like, yeah, he had a great. It was a great moment, right? Mm-hmm. And I thought by doing that, it was more like a we need to give him his, I mean, certainly Phillies could have lost that series and this would have all been over and they could have lost to the Braves and this all would have been over. So like you wanted to get him that moment mm-hmm. against the Marlins, but I kind of in that moment was like, we'll never see him again in, in, you know, on this field. Um, and now I'm like, Oh my goodness. Like there's a, a real possibility that, as you said, the, the Willis Reed moment, he runs out there tonight or, you know, jogs out there. That place is going to go absolutely berserk. I mean, because when they announced they, when they announced the lineup, uh, the the reserves, all the players, yeah. and then all of a sudden they get to Reese Hoskins. What is mm-hmm. that ovation going to be like in that place? Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I mean, to me, oh, that's yeah. it's huge. He he doesn't he may never get in the bat the way that things go, yeah. right? I mean, you might not need him, but the fact is is that he's there and available. So yeah, and a credit to him for for pushing, you know, to get that. You know, yeah. I. I I'm sure he goes down and says, like, this is a massive year for me financially. Yeah. My career. There's all those implications. But to say, like, I'm going to try to get myself back. If these guys make that run, I want to be a part of it, you know, in some capacity other than just clap your hands. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. It really is. And I think it says a lot about who he is as a person and as a competitor. So very cool storyline. Something to keep an eye on. Of course, again, you could be listening to this and he's not on the roster. Right. And maybe we'll see him next week in the World Series. Who knows, right? So, uh, yeah, I mean, de- definitely something that will be one of the more compelling storylines going into this thing tonight, uh, for sure. Um, one concern I have, which is something that we talked about last week. And if you missed the shows or this is the first time you're listening, you know, Kyle Schwarber uh, was sort of like the odd the odd man out, like the guy left out of the party last week. It felt like pretty much everybody on this roster made a contribution. He had a couple hits, but I think for the series, he was two for 16 or two for 17, I want to say, with five strikeouts. Uh, it has not been a very good postseason for him to date. I keep saying to myself, the longer they hang in this, it's just a matter of time before he goes off. Uh, he really did not make his contributions last postseason, his meaningful ones, until the NLCS, until they played the Padres. You kind of feel like we're in store for a similar uh, a similar story here, or you know, are you kind of like, yeah? I mean, it's hard to yeah, say. Yeah, I think I think when you when you look at his struggles, he he had a lot of weak contact against high velocity pitchers. Um. I think because the Diamondbacks don't throw hard, and they really don't. If you look at their, their, I mean, their starters are just are, are good pitchers, but they, whatever, they're they're not. They don't throw ninety seven. Their bullpen, I think, averages ninety three, right? I mean, I, I think that you're going to see, especially with his eye, how good of an eye he has. I think that he's going to be locked in on certain pitches in certain spots, and we're going to see balls fly a, a, a long way. I think this is a series where Kyle Schwarber can absolutely have a big breakout after not 
giving you much in the first two series. I, I do. I think it's. I think that that's he's going to be a, a key person for them um, to to advance to the World Series. Yeah, you know, they might run into the same problems again against either Texas or Houston. Um, but I think this, if there's a series that's made for Kyle Schwarber, I think it's the Diamondbacks. Well, I'm, I'm leading you into this because I want to get you uh, written down here on your MVP vote for the NLCS. And I'm, if it's not a pitcher for me, it's going to be Schwarber. So like the two guys that I'm going to take are, or Zach Wheeler, if it's a pitcher and I'm going to take Kyle Schwarber, if it's a hitter, I, I think he's going to go nuts in this series. I do. Yeah. I, I kind of, I kind of agree with you that I think he's going to have a big series. Um, and I agree with you on Wheeler, but I'll I'll go one better. I I I think there will be a player that's going to be better than than Schwarber in this series, and I, you know, it's, I guess it would be easy to pick Harper, but I'm not going to do that. I'm going to go with Trey Turner. Okay. I think I think Turner has continued to be a, to to hit in the playoffs. I like I was a little concerned, like okay, he had that big run. Does he kind of maybe tail off a little bit? Never really had been a big playoff player in the past just kind of was you know an average guy he hit against the Braves he hit against the Marlins he's been really good in the playoffs I don't see that stopping at this point I think Trey Turner is 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 the guy against Arizona yeah I can go for that it's funny he he almost got overshadowed in a way uh, against yeah. the Braves and in this postseason he was on base like I think his on base percentage is 538 yeah <laughs> Yeah. You know, he hits the go-ahead home run in, in the clincher, but it's yeah. just totally overshadowed by, like, the Castellanos thing, the bullpen chaos at the end of the game, the Rojas catch. Like, Trey yeah. Turner's, like, sitting there being like, – he's the difference maker. And yeah. kind of just, like, oh, totally overlooked in this whole thing. So, yeah, could he keep that going? I think that's that's absolutely possible. Uh, just want to get your thoughts on a couple things before we get out of here because, uh, you know, we do not – if if you're listening to this uh, and you're not on YouTube watching it, we don't do this in a fancy studio. I do this in my basement, and you appear to be doing this in your in your living room, right? Yeah, it's well, uh, it's one of the two in the house, but yes. Yeah, so I have a very we have young two child. living rooms. It's weird. Okay, there you go. I have a <laughs> I have a seven month old whose bedroom is very cold at night right now, so uh -huh. I have a heating guy coming out, and uh, I think he's going to be here in about three minutes. So, I. Uh, <laughs> We have to wrap this up, or we're gonna see you're gonna hear a heating guy coming down the steps to to work on my uh unit here. Yeah. Uh, so last night you get game one in the uh NLCS, Texas again, Montgomery again. Like, where's this pitching coming from? Where's yeah, the pitching coming unbelievable? From? We're like talked about how they don't have enough pitching. The the uh, Astros dominated the Rangers uh this season, I believe they went nine and four against them. Yeah. Uh, they pummeled, pummeled Rangers pitching this season. And, you know, you go out last night and Montgomery. Um, what do you have in that series? Because we didn't really talk about that last week. Do you I, foresee this continuing or does Houston strike back or, or, or what's the thought? Here? I would, I would pick you. I would still pick Houston in this series, but Texas is starting to make me believe a little bit that they got it. They got a little bit of that October devil magic, man. Like, I mean, it's like, I don't know where the pitching's coming from because these guys, these guys are not, I mean, they're, they're good. I'm not trying to make pretend that Jordan Montgomery and Nate Yavaldi are, are not good pitchers. They're fine. I mean, they're, they're like, like you talk about with Zach Gallon and Merrill Kelly, right? I mean, that's how I look at the, those guys and they've just been sensational in the postseason. And, you know, no one has been able to, to slow down Houston to the point of shutting them out in the, in the playoffs like that. And and they went out in there and in, into Houston and did it. And they just was like, okay, 
first first blow, man. See if you guys can come back. Yeah. I still I still like the Astros because once they get past the starting pitching, there really is no bullpen. You want to talk about a team with no bullpen? Texas has no bullpen. So that that's where I think that the Astros will ultimately win this. But it looks like the Rangers are going to make this a long series for them. Yeah, a big game tonight, or, or today, I guess I should say. I mean, Eovaldi yeah. goes against Valdez, and Valdez has not been, though he gave the Phillies fits in the World Series, and he's been okay in the playoffs. Like, he's not the same guy that he's he's been, you know? Yeah. And, and I feel like that there's a vulnerability there. And, you know, Astros are favored in that game today, but I wouldn't be surprised if Texas keeps it going and, and stays red hot, at least for one more game here. Mm-hmm. And you get to, uh, you know, these series odds and just talking about the way that odds makers view it. Before the league championship series, the Astros were favored to win the World Series. Now the Rangers are favored to win the World Series after winning that first game, and the Phillies still slotted at number two there. But like they're minus 166 tonight, the Phillies to win game one, and they are minus 180 right now to advance to the World Series. So the odds makers are telling you that this is a likely going down that the Phillies are in the World Series. So yeah. Yeah. Um Hey Bob, what's the, what's the Eagles schedule coming up? We have the uh, Dolphins on Sunday Night Football next week. Yeah. I believe they have the Commanders the week after that. And then who's the uh, week after that? Is it the uh, is that the Cowboys the week I, after that? I believe yeah. so, right? Yeah. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, I mean, and I did not look this up, but yeah, I, I'm pretty sure just... it's Dallas. So so you mean to tell me there's a possibility that Phillies Rangers World Series in Dallas and Eagles Cowboys is the same weekend? uh man that's a possibility that would be chaos that would be absolute chaos (laughs) all right well listen i i don't want to jinx us here but uh my heating guy is here so i don't think i have time for one last thing one last no that that was fine i was i was i I kind of was throwing out the eagles (laughs) thing as the one last thing that's why i just kind of threw it yeah that, that would be awesome i mean it's funny like we're gonna have to work up some venom and try to cross over the nfl hatred into the mlb stuff if we get that world series matchup yeah yeah. i mean because there is a natural hatred for houston but i think that i think that you know texas we have to manufacture it a little bit yeah. Hey, Bruce Bochi, sure. Bochi Bo- knocked us out and uh, you know knocked the Phillies out in eleven. Right? We'll I mean, figure it out. We'll find. Yeah. We're yeah. this is Philadelphia. It's it's easy to find a way to hate somebody. Well, by the second game of this series, the hatred for the Diamondbacks I said didn't exist will be there. There's no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, for Anthony Sanfilippo, I'm Bob Wankel. Thanks for tuning in to Cross Up. We'll be back after Game One tomorrow morning, breaking down everything uh, from the Zach Wheeler uh, and Zach Gallen game one matchup. Uh, make sure that you listen to us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, anywhere that you get your shows. You can follow us on YouTube here. Check us out on Twitter. You know the accounts. Uh, and also make sure that you're checking out the uh, newsletter uh, that I write Monday through Friday. Uh, comes between 9 and 10.30 every morning, usually. Uh, right later and later every time you yeah, well, this damn show, man. We have to record the show four days a week. It's a jam <laughs> up. You know what I mean? They keep winning. All right. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you soon.